From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fans. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fans, Blue Blue Show, the Dugout Podcast, uh, Quick Hook episode. So, meaning, when I say Quick Hook, because there was something that bothered me last week when uh, in between episodes. Uh, I want to bring up a topic that, you know, I wanted, you know, as far as a fan perspective and how the game has changed or has gone to a direction of analytics, of course, um, I, I had an issue with that. Dodgers Twins game with Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he was throwing a perfect game and he got pulled. You know, I went and I was listening from the game from afar on the radio. And when I heard that happen, I said, you know what? I'm going to do something a little bit different when we come back on to discuss the baseball. You know, we're going to put my team or our team to the side. You know, most of us are Yankee fans. And when we discuss the Yankees during through week in and week out, but I do want to approach the sport in general from a fan perspective more so this year than we have in previous years. And so I I was was really annoyed by that. And I didn't even buy a ticket to the game or I didn't, you know, I didn't buy a ticket to see Clayton Kershaw pitch and not like I was at the target center or target field for the twins. But, I think a lot, and this actually goes across generations because I saw on several baseball posts later on in the evening about what happened uh, or the fans' reactions. The fans were disgusted about Clayton Kershaw pitching a perfect game and getting pulled. I, I, I think it's a fascinating topic because of where we are at with sports and the nature of baseball and competitiveness in the history books. Because the perfect game or, you know, perfect games don't come often. They're like solar eclipses. They're very rare. They're very uh, – they happen once in a very blue moon. Not to say that he was going to get it, but he was in prime opportunity to get it. So before I get into that, I want to say one more thing because I saw this come down the pipe just now uh, about a, about 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago as far as the baseball news. And I think we're going to see this upkick, uptick. With COVID cases, I saw the Oakland Athletics actually added six more bodies to the COVID list, and I know that's been kind of going around as far as, quote-unquote, a new strain, and that's probably going to affect a lot of baseball rosters, okay? It's going to affect a lot of teams. They're going to probably get contract COVID, whether they were vaccinated, unvaccinated. So expect a lot of players to be not, uh, be on pro, uh, COVID protocol, health and safety protocols, as they will call it, i.e. contracted COVID. Because um, a lot of things have been changing. Uh, restrictions have been lifted in many places, more so than anything. Uh, most cities have been, uh, the, the restrictions have been lifted yet. With baseball, with the COVID stuff, and I'll put this to the side, I just wanted to say that you've seen that the Oakland Athletics uh, have more COVID bodies on their list, so it is what it is on that. Um, oh, yeah, one more thing. Um, in these episodes in 2022, you know, regardless of if it's the baseball or basketball, whatever, uh, uh, because we're in, in the deep uh, in, in NBA playoffs and also the NHL playoffs are going to be coming up. Uh, some of these play, uh, episodes, I didn't want to totally abandon uh, 
the episodes, meaning just cancel scratch because I, you know, I could be watching the NBA playoffs, and then when the NHL comes on around, I could be watching the NHL playoffs, and which I plan on doing so anyway. I do want, you know, this is just a quick episode just to give my opinion, the take on the baseball. Uh, not necessarily our team because we'll get. Back. I'm gonna probably dive back into that next week after these week of games. I know they had a bad series versus the Orioles, but I'm not really here to talk about that. My actually my focus, like I was saying earlier, was, was this Clayton Kershaw situation, uh, the perfect game. Um, I don't know if that would turn off baseball uh, people in general. Uh, old school fans were really upset about it. I was upset about it. Um, and I know this goes to how teams manage their rosters, how they get guys through in pitch counts, and uh, they get guys in as far as as far as when they pull guys, is they go to a certain relief uh, rotation, middle relief rotation. So I, I find that really interesting because a lot of old school people were very upset about that, and as I, as I was too, because if, if I was a paying fan to see that, and whether it was if I'm a Dodger fan, especially if you flew to Minneapolis to watch that, and then that happened, uh, would I be rubbed the wrong way? I might have. I might. It depends. I might have been. Uh, I know overall it's really about the team winning uh, the game versus individual stats. But there's something, you know, there's something with that that really could, uh, it really makes for a great conversation. And, uh, I, I just, you know, it's the way the sport is going. They've done that, of course, over the year, several years. You know, a guy could be pitching a no-no, a no-hitter, six, seven innings, and he'll get pulled, and then they'll go to him. It'll be a combined no-hitter. We've seen that several times. But that Clayton Kershaw game versus the Twins, I, I that really rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, man. I, I was annoyed because I think that within me, whether it's my team or not, you want to see competitive you know, especially baseball, the whole point is to get people out. But if you could get people out in the in the event of getting no hits out of it, and matter of fact, no, you know, just straight outs in, in the perfect game type of situation, that's what history books are talking. And we'll never ever get to see that. Some fans like myself would definitely care for that. But let me ask. Um, let me see, man. Let me ask this to Carl. If this is Carl, man, Carl, I gotta, I got your, uh, I gotta ask you a question. If you know about um, what happened last week in between episodes with Clayton Kershaw, you know, pitching the no game, no, no the, the perfect game, really, and he was pulled in that game uh, because you know pitch count, analytics, middle rotation, things of like that. I know you probably would have been bothered, but do you think? You know, did you see a lot of the fans uh, upset about that happening? With Clayton Kershaw, you go to a game, you know, you're about seven innings in, pitching a no-no, a perfect game, and he gets pulled. Like, you want to at least see at least a chance of seeing history happen. What are your thoughts on that, if any, as far as – I, I, I kind of think I know where you stand, but you can feel free to sound off. But a lot of fans were highly upset on Twitter, definitely on, on other social media about what happened. And I, I wanted to make that the point of the topic because I want to make topics like this somewhat of the forefront. What, what's your thoughts, man, if you have any? How you doing, man? Pleasant. Good evening, Steve. How are you? Good evening. I'm good, man. How you doing, man? Things are going just fine. Cannot complain. Um, let me preface the, the answer to my question with this. Uh, what did all – baseball teams tell you before the start of the season in terms of pitchers and their workload. 
What did they tell you? They all said the same. Yeah, they all basically said the same thing. So I'm just I'm because that that'll play into the answer that I'm going to give you. They all basically said a similar thing about the pitchers that they had to carry on the roster because of spring training. Okay. What is it? Okay, so what the answer, yeah, the answer is is that they said that pitchers were not stretched out far enough because of the condensed spring training because of all of the uh, labor stuff that was going on mm-hmm. uh, prior to what was it March first? I think is the March. date when all this got right. settled. Yeah. So right off the bat, every all the teams basically that's why they're carrying sixteen, fifteen pitchers, whatever the number is, because they know that they guys are not are not stretched out. Guys are not prepared to pitch a, a regular workload of innings, especially at the start of the season. So once that is established, seven days into the baseball season, when a pitcher like Kershaw, who at the last time I checked, missed, I think, the last six weeks of the season because of a shoulder injury, and even before then, his workload, I think he had not pitched any more than I think it was 65 pitches in any game before then because because of this lingering issue. Didn't pitch in the postseason. Dodgers obviously didn't go to the World Series. Through, I think it was 100 total pitches in the spring before the season ever started. So when this situation comes up against Minnesota, where I believe it was 30 degrees that day, and he's through seven innings and already at 80 pitches, someone has to explain to me, what do you want them to do? Because... His workload at, this, at that exact moment has exceeded anything he has done in the last eight months. So if, because here's the thing, if you go that route and say, well, let's just take a chance and let him just pitch until he can't pitch anymore. I mean, that's essentially what people are arguing, that he's right, right. gone out there and just if he throws 100, 110 pitches, whatever the number is, ah, so what? At least I'm in. At least I'm entertained. Well, <laughs> feel that back a little bit, because that's not how that's gonna work. You know, this is a guy who's who nearly retired, who 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 you know is just trying to build up arm strength basically. And if he pitches the eighth inning in this hypothetical world, and is successful, then you ha- he has to pitch the ninth inning. So let's just say hypothetically he throws a a twenty pitch inning. Now that's at the time of the, that he was taken out, he had been averaging about uh, twelve pitches, uh, eleven to twelve pitches in inning. But let's just hypothetically say he throws twenty pitches in the eighth inning, and still the uh, the, the the Twins have not done anything uh, against it. Is he pitching the ninth inning? Uh, it's possible. Like, would you, I mean, I'm not. I would. You, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Right, I like, totally get. Saying. This is what makes this whole conversation yeah. really compelling because you're looking at it from a pitch count perspective. His short, his his most recent uh, stint as far as starting, and he's an older pitcher. And then you have the generation of older fans who kind of grew up on the the era where you you probably pitched to your arm throws out, and that's kind of what's kind of what well, most people need to grow up are now. Right, right. Well, so I mean, I see both sides. That day is coming gone. That day. I get that. I get that. I get that. And I think some of the fans, uh, this is what they're thinking, their rationale, is the fact that 
you know, you know, Kershaw has been around the block. He's been a successful, successful starting pitcher. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Why not owe just this one start of running that risk and see if he could get that on a competitive level for just one game? And I, and I get that. Like, why not chase history? You're already a World Series champion, MVP. Uh, you know, you, at playoff time, he's always kind of had that, that, that MO as far as a shaky starter, but he got over that once they got their World Series over Tampa. So that crop of fans are saying, why not go for it? What else you got to lose? You know, uh, it's only one game, even if he stretches out and get injured. So what? It's Clayton Kershaw. You already won. Like, that's the other side of the argument I think some of the fans are making. And I understand what you're saying. That's why I think the road of that end of the argument versus just listening makes it for a compelling conversation because that's kind of what baseball has historically has been versus what it is now. Well, the thing also as well, you know, the Dodgers are also trying to – there's two things. One, um, you know, Kershaw's trying to keep himself healthy for a full season. The Dodgers would love to keep him healthy for a full season so they can try to win the championship. You know, there is that aspect – I guess let's put it this way, Steve. Let's, I, I, think, I think it's pretty fair to say this. The entertainment of the game in terms of the fans conflicts with the team's um, – individual mandate to win so the team is the team each team is sort of you know instructed but you know it's a competitive sport everybody's trying to to win so they have come up with ways at least in each 30 teams mind that they can proceed to win unfortunately that conflicts with what baseball fans want in terms of entertainment so it's once you have those two sort of competing factions, there's almost no way anybody really, anybody really wins. You know, well, there's probably stories from back then that took place that we don't even know about. And I remember the most vivid memory in my head. It happened because I remember I didn't see the game, but I remember getting alerts. But it happened, you know what, I think was coming up on the 10th year, 10 year anniversary of it, right? Coming up in, I think, June. The night that Johan Santana, Pitched mm-hmm. the no hitter for the Mets, and I believe that night he threw 137 pitches. You can check that for me if if, if, if you can uh, check that for me. Um, it was the most pitches Santana had ever thrown in a major league game. I believe three weeks after that, maybe less than that, started coming down with uh, with arm soreness, and I don't think he pitched another game the rest of that season. And subsequently. His career was never the same after that exact moment. Now, the baseball fan got what they wanted. They got to see a perfect game or a no-hitter or whatever it was. I think it was no-hitter at that time. because Mets had not had a no-hitter in, in such a long time. But the right, player right. himself, the player himself was never the same. Never the same. The Mets invested, I think it was seven years of him, only got three, three or four. So right. did the ends justify the means? I guess that's the question you, you would have to ask yourself to the baseball fan. Do the ends justify? I, I would actually, I would actually ask Johan Santana, was it worth it? I think that's a fair question for him because he probably, you know, I don't know publicly he may not admit it. I would be eager to answer, see what he would answer, how he would answer it honestly. Like, hey, man, you know, your career with the Mets didn't really pan out as far as the contract length versus what you were valued as far as that signing. But as far as historical books, was it worth, even though they didn't, the Mets never got a championship during your reign, 
was it really worth, uh, you know, your personal accomplishment? You're going down in history for that, per, you know, that, that no hitter. I mean, it's in the record books forever. That name is there. And you, you already know, I mean, no hitters are, they don't come often, and let alone a perfect game, but the no hitter part as well. I mean, that, that's, that's a hell of an accomplishment. You know, so I would, I actually would ask him that question, and I would love to hear his answer if he had. I don't even know if he's ever even answered that in an interview. I would love to hear that because yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that that would be an interesting yeah, I don't know take from him. Yeah, I, I don't, and I don't know the answer. I don't think he has ever done, to my knowledge, any yeah. interview in regards to this topic. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure he has. He may, may have done it. You know, to in in to in his um, I think it was I think he's from Venezuela, so he might have done something down there. You know, speaking about it that may have you know over the over the years, but like that is now at that point I think like I said I think at that point Santana was like I think thirty thirty years old. I think he was thirty. You know, okay. he had you know essentially his whole career, rest of his career in front of him to to succeed. Kershaw is a little different in the case that he might retire at the end of this season. Right. Let me also also add this too. If this were July, where pitchers' workloads are at a normal pace, right, where you're throwing, where pitchers are out there throwing their 110, maybe even 110 pitches, I can see the then, I can see them revisiting this discussion, right, and saying, okay, do you remember that? Because I remember the game, the game I was at last year in Houston. I think mm-hmm. Garrett Cole threw 132 pitches that night in Houston, right? So, like, you know, pitchers' workloads are up at that point. So, if Kershaw had the same situation happen in July, okay, I can see the, 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 the discussion saying, hey, well, why not give him a chance? In April, where no pitcher has thrown 90 pitches <laughs> in 30-degree weather? For a guy who mostly pitches, you know, his games in, in warm Southern California, where it's 70, 80 degrees every single day, like, the, the, the cost-benefit analysis and return on investment in that situation just is, is not feasible. I, I just don't see it because, like, as I said when we first started, how long do you let that go? Do you let him go 110? What if there's a long at bat? So, it's possible. Like, we can't just assume that he was just going to keep having 11 pitch innings for the rest of the game like that that's that's just a guess so we we would never know we we would never know that because he pulled they told him like we don't know what the how many pitches or the selections at that time after the seventh because he's he was only through 80 so if you're saying let's say let's give him up to 110 is a lot so that's another 30 pitches over two innings i mean that's not not too bad so we 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 should have to actually uh see Oh, um, yeah, I would actually, I, I actually, I actually would actually, on the, on your point as far as if this was a July game, I actually think that actually makes more of a case to pull him because you want to, as you get closer to September and postseason baseball, you want to preserve that, even though it may be warm or hot, whatever he may be pitching. I'm looking at it more, you know, a lot of fans were too. This is early. I know the cold, the weather uh, in, in Minneapolis yeah. makes a huge difference. Good point. Yeah. But we'll never know. And, he, I, I, and get only thrown. And he'd only thrown 100 total pitches in the spring. 100 total. Not 100 like in a start. Like, no, 100 total pitches in the spring. Yeah, um, I get that. I get that to an extent. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I think that there's also that factor, like you said. He's at. It's not like he's 30, like you said, like Johan Santana. He's in the prime of his career. Uh, he's at the very end of his role. I, it's like, to me, um, from a, a personal achievement for him, for Clayton Kershaw, you're at the end of the rose, whether your season ends with a championship or not. Why not you know, uh, go for it? Like you said, you was at the Cole game in, in Houston, where Cole fought management to stay on that mound. Uh, not to say Kershaw doesn't have that pose. I'm pretty sure he does, as far as with Dave Roberts. But, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe he was kind of like, ah, you know, maybe I want to get out. You know, I have to actually go back and see what they said in an interview on that. But, yeah, let me go back one more point to that uh, that Johan Santana. Because, see, that's the thing. Like, one of the things I can't stand, Carl, I think you kind of understand it, uh, with professional athletes, they can't really say what they really want to say, especially in press conferences, because they don't, especially if you play in New York, you don't want to get chewed up by the media. Um, so they're going to have to say things that are kind of on eggshells just to appease the masses that was politically correct. But uh, I bet you, I, I'm willing to bet Johan Santana was, is probably cherishing in that moment. Like, how could you not? I mean, it's, it's a no hitter, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, who would it? <laughs> I mean, like, if they were really dead honest, they could say, hey, man, we're not going to judge you. We're not going to crucify you. We're not going to write articles about you, bad-mouthing. If they would, I mean, not to say they, you know, go back on their word, I'm pretty sure Johan Santana, among friends and family, is telling people, like, yo, this was, that, I, I'll i never forget that moment. And that's, sometimes in baseball, personal achievements like that go, I mean, they're in the history books forever, man. So, yeah, I think this is what makes a compelling compelling uh, discussion, uh, especially the Clayton Kershaw, because it's not like it's some uh, guy who just came up from AAA. It's not like it was a a Steven Strasburg situation, you know, with him and his arm with the Nationals. This is a guy who, who see, that's the thing. Like, it ain't like the Dodgers were uh, in this window, haven't won a championship. They actually got a championship out of this run. So that's why I, you know, I I know they're going to stick to their guns with the analytics and the pitch counts. But, man, I think, man, I would have tried to roll the dice, me personally, to see what they would have gotten Clayton Kershaw, especially, you know, if you have any arm issues, you at least could get him back later in the year uh, versus, like, say, mid-July and all that. So I think Clayton Kershaw was almost like the prototype perfect person or perfect athlete for this situation to cross roads between analytics and how the game used to be, the old-school fan versus how, uh, how how the game is managed today. I mean, I don't, to be honest, I mean, I don't think analytics had anything to do at all. I think all pitchers, we've seen this for the longest now. Guys in the first, especially in April, which is why they carry a lot of pitchers, starting pitchers don't give you much length in terms of innings or uh, pitches. They just don't because their arms are not loose yet, you know, especially in these cold cities that, you know, that play now down here, even down here. I mean, listen, we have a roof, you know, <laughs> we have a roof, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean anything when, when guys have for the first, you know, what, 21, uh, 21 days of spring training. Like, I, I, I feel like there's this idea or this sort of like mythical idea that, you know, guys started the season and back then, and they just threw a hundred plus pitches right up the gate. Not, it's just not. And so, you know, from from that standpoint, once that's factored in, the results I, I can't I can't then once I know the process going in, I can't then complain about the results. It's just hey, 
what it is. All right, all right. That was a good conversation, man. Anything else, man, before we get off? Because I just wanted to jump on and discuss this particular topic. Uh, you know, we get back to our own team did next you, week. I mean, it is what it is. What is what, oh, did, did I what? I'm going to oh, go, go ahead because I was going to ask you, um, you know, I, we, I taught, brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Um, did you hear what the owner of the Cincinnati Reds uh, said uh, on opening day about um, about his team? Days? Uh, sort of. That's he. He went a little bit further than that. But <laughs> what? What? Okay, I kind of. I didn't. I, okay, I don't want to misquote him. So, go, what did he say? But I thought I heard something about about selling the team. But go ahead. What, what was it? Okay, so to set this up, so the the Reds, as you as you know, have been a complete disaster basically for about the last like eight nine years now. I think they made the playoffs maybe. I think it was twenty. Maybe been twenty twelve. And have not mm-hmm. made the post. Uh, you know what? They made the wild card game a couple. I think in twenty, I think it was twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. But they've not, they have not sniffed anywhere close to it uh, since. And so they're they sold all their players off, as you saw when the uh, lockout ended. Sonny Gray got traded. Uh, a couple of other players. I think it was uh, Suarez. A couple other ones got traded to uh, Seattle. They're basically rebuilding the team again. And so the Reds president Phil Castellini was interviewed by uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, radio network before the uh, start of opening day. And he was asked by uh, one of the hosts, he said, the, qu- the question was posed, he said, why should a fan maintain trust in the ownership of the team? And so this is his response. I have this full quote here. He said, quote, well, where are you going to go? Let's start there. I mean, sell the team to who? That's the other thing. You want to have this right, debate? Right. If you want to look at what you can do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete in the current economic system that this game exists, it would be to pick up this team and move it elsewhere. Now, yeah, yeah, he said the quiet part out loud. He said the quiet part out loud because he's basically telling you, he's like, hey, listen, we're going to do what we do. And you, Joe Fan in Cincinnati, have a choice. You can either <laughs> accept it or not watch the games, basically. And this plays into um the it's something that i've always talked about in terms of the business the hard business aspect of all of this right you know there are fans remember you may have been talking about it during the uh during the lockout um period about oh well baseball fans are going to go somewhere else and do something else with their time when in reality that's not really the case at all the fans are not going anywhere they're not going to go and watch minor league baseball. They're not going to take their dollar and, 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 and do something else with it because they've been so invested with the Cincinnati Reds or the New York Yankees or the New York Mets or the Chicago Cubs or whatever team it is for so long that it's all they know and they're not going anywhere. And you know what? Every owner in Major League Baseball that has a baseball team and every actually, you know what? Every owner in every professional sport in North America, they know that. And they know that they got your money, and they know that you're not leaving. And hey, that's just the way it is. So you that have a choice means, as the consumer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Correct. You're absolutely correct. You know, no doubt. It's, the, 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 it's not even just going to the game. If you watch it, you're invested. So that red fan, if he's annoyed by those comments, you literally have to not only not attend Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. You're going to have to turn off the TV or turn the TV to something other than baseball to uh, 
to not play chicken or play uh, danger with the owner of what his comments. So, yeah, I, I did hear that. I, I couldn't remember exactly quote for quote, but he said something about what are you going to do, uh, you know, as far as, move, you know, that, that, last half, that last half of that quote. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, man. I mean, these owners talk big shit, Carl, because they know they got the revenue, TV revenue in their back pocket. So unless rent is <laughs> totally abandoned. But they also, huh? but see, they also know that they have, I'm trying to think of the right word to use. Um, they have a base of support that unlike any other business in the world, you know, if, a, if an airline is bad, you probably will choose a different airline. If a restaurant is terrible, you're likely going to go to a different restaurant. But for some reason, and that's something I've always wondered about, you know, for some reason, only sports teams, there is this, I can't quit you phase or, or, or aspect to it that is odd because the owner, or in, in this particular case, doesn't really give a damn about you. They'll raise the price on you whenever they feel like it. They'll move games to whatever service they can get that'll pay them the most money. Whether or not you watch it, is, is, it doesn't really matter to them. But yet somehow there is not a, a backlash to the, the sort of, you know, beat down that the fan is getting from that owner. I've always wondered about that. Yeah. I will have to, um, as we wrap up, I will have to probably go in like Cincinnati Red forums, blogs to see what they're saying. I mean, they're probably just going to be talking gang and shit, but just to get a gauge of how they reacted or even on Twitter to that from last week. So yeah, I mean, if the owner if the, if the owner feels emboldened or empowered to say exactly what he says without the financial economic backlash, hey man, I mean, that's what see, at least I can respect that, Carl. At least he was honest. He was a, see that's yeah. the thing. He, he, he's he focused mind. I can respect that. <laughs> <laughs> he's focused mind. Yeah. I, I, I respect it. I'd rather have that than lie to the fans about you know yeah. team situation and things like that. So I I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what'd we'll, you think we'll, of the baseball? We'll what'd, what'd, you, what'd you think of the Yankees this weekend, huh? Boy. I mean, to be quite honest <laughs> with you, I'm not surprised. Listen, man, they split with Toronto and then losing to the Orioles. I said, me and you were on here. I said the team is fourth place in the division, third at best, probably fourth. And I'm not surprised. So I'm not going to get mad because I expect this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. I, like what I was supposed to do, like be mad? Like no, I predicted they they're going to be in fourth place in ALE. So I mean, yeah, I mean I'm not mad. It, 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 it's actually kind of special because the Orioles are going to compete. They're not going to be good, but they're going to well, compete. They're going to make it work. You know. Well, you know it's interesting because I just you know I'm I'm offended by by watching the Orioles play. So out of out of protest, I, I basically tried not to watch most of the uh, games. I just would hear them either on the radio or, or get alerts on it. So when I saw that the Yankees had lost Friday night, I was like, oh, I know where this weekend is headed. And they probably wouldn't have won Saturday if it wasn't for that rain delay, by the way, um, that right. took place, I think, in the fifth inning. I think that was the same inning that they scored all the runs. But, you know, I, I think I, I, something I've been hearing about since last night and hearing about it today, um, you know, as I, I thought about this, you know, they, they've played now 200 and I think it's 233 games since the start of the 2020 season. And outside of a 40-game stretch last July to August, they've been a 500 team those other 190 games. Wow. I feel like the sample size is in on this team. Like we, <laughs> it is This is what it is. 
we want you know we tried to deny it last year thinking oh that 40 games is really the real team you know what after you know 190 or 40 like which one do you which one do you do you want to go with now after a while like we see the same stuff with them not being able to hit with runners on base runners in scoring position i think glaber torres tried to lay down a bunt the other day he's probably the biggest problem but they have nine guys that they're trying to fit into eight spots and i don't even think they even have nine good enough players to begin with and so you know they're not athletic enough to to make up for their own mistakes defensively uh, or offensively. Um, they don't you know we listen they they've gone in on the philosophy that we've talked about. Folks are compla- still complaining about it, but this is what it is. Like we've seen it, it's not changing. And for better or worse, you know they're just going to live with the results. My favorite part actually was when Boone, I guess after the game, said, "I'm feeling very confident that this team is going to hit." And then someone on Twitter posted a post of him saying the exact same thing sometime in the middle of last year, literally word for word. So I was just sort of laughing, <laughs> well, laughing scripted, through that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, hey, listen. Oh, you know, one thing that's really sort of gotten, gotten me chapped so recently, um, I don't know about you, but there, I, there's seemingly, at least among uh, Yankee fans, this ask for a prototypical leadoff hitter. What does that mean? Uh, if I still reminisce in the context of like, or something like that, no, that's probably what it is. Or Wade okay, Boggs, well, something like that. But okay, well, no, well, it was part of in a greater context of this that there's a complaint that the Yankees use a lot of different lineups, and that the idea that the reason why they're not hitting is because there are all these different lineups. And I'm just trying to figure out why are folks making that correlation? Like one doesn't have anything to do with the other. Yes, the situation in hitting is bad on this team, and the sample size you gave is kind of all you needed to know. I mean, so we should not be surprised that they're going to be up and down, up and down this season. That's kind of how I expected it to be. So, and that sample size is all enough because baseball is about a law, a law of averages and numbers, and that's a big enough sample size for me to know that that's what it's going to be, man. But yo, we're gonna uh, let's pick this up uh, next week. Oh, let's see what happens in baseball around baseball because I think this Clayton Kershaw was a fun topic to discuss as far as uh, the fan situation and bringing up the Cincinnati Reds owner. I think that was fun too. So yeah, man, yeah, thank you for coming on and let's uh, reconvene next uh, next Monday to talk about that. We'll see where the team is after these wicked games and where Aaron Boone's probably going to say in the press conference, scripted or unscripted. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah. good, brother. Appreciate it. So, shout out to Carl, man. Sound dress away, gentlemen. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Bleep blue, bleep blue, bleep blue, bleep blue, bleep.